Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you. Coming to you on Wednesday, June 30th, the final day of the month. Yay, we have made it. That means tomorrow we start July and the countdown is on to the start of Giants training camp, which will begin on the 27th. That's actually the universal reporting date for, I think, most of the teams uh, this year, except for those who are partaking in the Hall of Fame game. So we will get to that point soon enough. But first on today's show... We are going to kick it off with a position preview. I'm going to try and go through each of the position unit groups. We'll talk about who's in, who's out, breakout candidates. I'll give you a few stats and just kind of, you know, throw some thoughts around for each position group. And today we will kick it off with the wide receivers. Then coming up later on the program, we're going to talk ring of honor. Now, as everybody knows by now, Eli Manning is going to not only have his jersey formally retired, but he is also going to be inducted into the Ring of Honor this fall, which, you know, everybody expected. And it's going to be really emotional to see. But I want to talk about a few other people who I think are eligible for the Ring of Honor. I don't know if they're going to go in this year, but I want to mention um, the four names, actually. And one of the names I think is going to surprise you because... Um, I'll tell you what, in having thought about it, it kind of surprised me, but I can make a case for this individual. So, but let's kick it off, as I said, first with a position preview, and we are going to talk about the Giants wide receivers, probably the one group on the New York Giants that you can say the team really upgraded, really has a different look, a different feel to it. And of course, you know, Kenny Galladay being the big fish, if you will, um, and, um, Kadarius Tony, the first round draft pick, he's going to be a big part of things. The Giants also added John Ross in free agency, and they all are going to join a group that includes Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, David Sills V, Dante Pettis, CJ Board, Austin Mack, Alec Bachman, and Derek Dillon. So let's start off by looking at a few stats from the receiver group last year. Now, For anybody who said the Giants didn't need to upgrade at receiver, that it was Daniel Jones or it was, you know, the play calling by Jason Garrett, let me throw out some stats for you. We'll start off with 12 drop passes by the Giants receivers alone. And when I say receivers, I want to clarify, I mean wideouts, not tight ends, not running backs, just the wide receivers. Now, that number by itself, it's interesting. I went and I I did some research on that. And the Giants had, I believe it was 22 drop balls altogether. And 12 of them came at the hands of the receivers. And the number, you know, that number 12, that 12 drop passes by the receivers, by itself, not a big deal in the grand scheme of things because there were six teams in front of the Giants for most drops. And one of the teams was the Detroit Lions. And the Giants and the Lions were actually tied for the fewest drop passes by wide receivers. So you can't really make the excuse that, oh, the Giants receivers weren't good because of the drop passes. But here's where they really came up short in their performance. 
12 touchdown receptions, which was last in the league, 17 big play, uh, big plays of 25 or more yards last in the league. They were 31st in overall yards after the catch and 27th in yards after the catch average per reception. So that number came to about 10.4. So suffice it to say, the giant receivers didn't really help things last year. Now, it's not all on them. Obviously, you look at the, the whole picture, but the receivers, you know, you got to look at the contributions made by the players. And another stat that really, really bothered me with this receiver group, and I think this is probably the most telling stat of them all, was they converted 45% of their contested catch situations. That's not good, folks. You want that number at least at 50%, if not higher. Um, some of the better teams have 60% or higher. So, you know, that's a big reason why the passing game just wasn't very good last year for the Giants. You know, the offensive line, yes, the pass protection was inconsistent. Daniel Jones was inconsistent. Yes, you can make arguments for all that, but the receivers didn't help things. So let's take a look now at who the Giants have. I mentioned um, who they have, and let's try and forecast. And this is very, very early, obviously. I don't know, as I record this, who's going to be used in what capacity, other than for maybe a couple of guys here and there. Um, injuries, we don't know how that's going to play out. Obviously, you know, we could predict that somebody's going to make the roster, and then we find out that that guy is injured and just doesn't get out of the gate. So, again, the Giants receivers, in order... Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Tony, John Ross, David Sills V, Dante Pettis, C.J. Board, Austin Mack, Alec Bachman, Derek Dillon. I would not be stunned, folks, if the Giants keep five receivers. And I have them keeping, um, obviously, Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, and Tony as my first four. I think this is going to probably surprise you, but if they go at five, I can make a case for C.J. Board being the fifth guy. And you're probably saying, okay, well, why C.J. Board? Because of special teams. C.J. Board was actually one of their gunners last year, and he did a pretty good job of it. So I could see C.J. Board slipping onto the roster at that fifth receiver spot. Now, remember, when you get to um, a position group that has a lot of players, such as receivers, the fourth, fifth, and if there's a sixth guy, you want them to be able to contribute to special teams. So that said, I would not be stunned if John Ross doesn't make this team. Now, why do I say that? Because John Ross, even though he's a speedster, straight line speed, he hasn't contributed on special teams in his NFL career. I went back and I looked at Pro Football Focus, um, his his entry for his snaps, I didn't see any special team snaps. And that, to me, would be a big disadvantage for a receiver who's trying to make it in a crowded room. So remember, with John Ross, the Giants only signed him to a one-year deal. And that one-year deal was for $1.838 million. That's the cap number. And of that, just looking at the number here, if John Ross does not make the roster, the Giants would save just a little over $838,000 and they would get a $1 million dead money hit. 
because the way it's broken down here is John Ross has a base salary of $1.25 million, and uh, he also has a guarantee of $500,000. So that's the difference there, the $1.25 minus the $500,000. That's the savings there. Um, there was a prorated bonus of $500,000, and there's also a per-game roster bonus. Now, again, John Ross, if he doesn't make the team, they could move him to practice squad, I suppose, but... Um, I I think special teams is going to hurt them because, look, the Giants are going to have Tony. They're going to have Shepard. They're going to have Galladay. They're going to have Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph, Saquon Barkley. And I know I'm missing somebody else. Who am I missing from the receivers? Uh, Darius Slayton. That's a lot of guys to throw pass targets to. So unless there is an injury... I mean, how many guys can you conceivably have on your 53-man roster? You can't get the ball to all of them, I don't think. So I could see a case where, like I said, John Ross doesn't make the roster. Now, I mentioned that I think the Giants will keep five receivers. In all likelihood, they may keep six. I think six is probably going to be more realistic a number. But it really is going to depend on how many tight ends I think they end up keeping. And uh, we'll get to tight ends at another time, but... Um, I just don't think the Giants are going to do six receivers, four tight ends, four running backs plus a fullback. I think that's one of those positions they're going to have to steal from. And I could see receiver potentially being the position they steal from. So we'll see. Like I said, it's still kind of early. And, you know, I'm not going to make any bets on anything just yet. You know, I'm going to let it play out. But anyway, speaking of bets, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds and info for all your sporting needs. Head on over to bet online and check out all their great sporting information, sign up bonuses and contests. Open up your first account and use our special code Locked On to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code Locked On for 50% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet online, your sport, online sportsbook experts. All right, Giant fans, you are listening to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you. And as everybody knows by now, September 26th, the New York Giants will officially retire Eli Manning's jersey number 10. They will also induct him into the team's ring of honor during a special ceremony at halftime. Going to be one. It's going to be, it's just going to be very emotional. I think given all Eli has meant to the organization, I, I suspect there probably won't be very many dry eyes in the house, but anyway, I want to take this segment to talk a little bit about other candidates for the ring of honor. And you know, it's interesting. I, I actually got a letter to the, um, to really from my mailbag over at Giants Country from somebody who said, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I just read an article where the author suggested that Jerry Reese be considered for the Ring of Honor. And you know, at first I saw that and I said, Okay, you know what? It's just somebody's opinion. It's silly. It's, you know, it's not going to happen. But you know what, folks? I gave it some thought. And this is probably going to surprise you because those of you who have listened to me for years or who have read my articles, you know that I have been very hard 
on general manager or former general manager, Jerry Reese. And, you know, I, I remember I wrote an article for Bleacher Report back in the day in which, in looking, having looked back at some of the draft classes under Reese's regime that didn't pan out, and I predicted at the time that that was going to lead to disaster for the Giants, that it was going to basically drain the cupboard of talent and they were going to basically struggle for, you know, however long it took to correct that and reverse that. Sadly, it all came to fruition. So why would I turn around now and say, okay, well, maybe Jerry Reese deserves consideration for the Ring of Honor, especially knowing how things ended, how, you know, the organization fell so far off the track that Reese basically became the first general manager to be fired ever, I think, um, not not just in season, but ever. Usually general managers that the Giants have had have retired or moved on or, or resigned, not fired. Okay, so why would I say, oh, they should give some consideration for Jerry Reese in the Ring of Honor? Okay, I'm going to tell you why. For those of you who may have forgotten Jerry Reese, for a number of years prior to being named the general manager, ran the team's draft board. And that includes the, up until 2007, which for those of you who don't remember, the 2007 draft class was probably one of the best ones the Giants had since the year 2001. Okay, they've had other good classes since then, but that class at the time was like the gold standard. Jerry Reese ran that draft. He was in charge of scouting. He put the board together. Okay. He coordinated all the information. And yes, at the end of the day, Ernie Accorsi, then the general manager had the final say, but the information and the decisions were only as good as the information that Jerry Reese and the scouts provided. So so on that note, you can make the argument that when Jerry Reese took over as the director of player personnel in 2004, that some of those classes were pretty good. Now let's look at some of the draft picks from the, those classes, all right? 2004, you had Chris Snee, um, who, was, who of course was a, a staple of the offensive line. Jabril Wilson, who was a defensive back, played for the 2007 Super Bowl team. Uh, Reggie Torbor, a linebacker, played for the 2007 Super Bowl team. Uh, Derek Ward, running back. All right. Then in 2005, you had Corey Webster, Justin Tuck, Brandon Jacobs, all big contributors, as I said, to the Super Bowl team. 2006, Matthias Kiwanuka, Sonoris Moss. Um, let's see, Barry Cofield. Was, was a big one, name and contributor to the Super Bowl team. Um, let's see, who else was in there? Jarris Wilkerson, uh, linebacker, who I, I don't think, I can't remember if he was injured or not. But um, And then 2007, you had that class, Aaron Ross, Stephen Smith, Jay Alford, Zach Diasi, Kevin Boss, Michael Johnson, Ahmad Bradshaw, um, Adam Coates. All of those guys contributed. So for the time that the that Jerry Reese ran the Giants draft board, they had some good players. And again, I know it was a Corsi's final decision, 
based on the input he got from the coaches. But again, the information is only as good as what the scouts compiled and the tape and all that stuff that they watch. So on that note, folks, I think you definitely got to consider Jerry Reese for the Ring of Honor. Now, where did Jerry go wrong? Very simply, Mark Ross is where he went wrong. All right. And Mark Ross was a guy that Jerry Reese hired to basically replace him to run the draft starting with 2008. And from there, it just, all right, there were a few good picks. You know, Hakeem Nix was a good pick. Kenny Phillips, before he got injured, was a good pick. Terrell Thomas, um, you can make a case for Mario Manningham. You can probably make a case for uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, Linville Joseph, just some of those early picks, you know, up, up until 2010 there. But when they started swinging and missing on offensive linemen and, you know, you, you started to see that the draft classes weren't taking root and forming the foundation of, of the franchise like you would want them to, that's where things got a little harried. And I just remember saying when, when I learned that Mark Ross had been hired, Mark Ross had spent time with the Eagles and the Bills. And I remember not being totally impressed by his credentials. But, you know, sometimes it's a change of scenery. Sometimes a guy will, will flourish. And at first it looked like, okay, maybe they're on the right track because, you know, they did go on and they did win another Super Bowl in 2011. But then the bottom fell off. And I think if there's one thing that you, you, you have to point to with Jerry Reese is that he stuck with Mark Ross for as long as he did. Now, maybe to be fair here, the thought process was, well, it's not all Mark's fault. But when you look at how the drafts just turned up one bust after another, after another, that's on the guys running the scouting department. And that's where this organization, I think, really fell off the tracks. So because that was under Jerry Reese, that whole part of the, the football operations, that's where you can kind of say, eh, maybe he's not worthy of consideration for the Ring of Honor. That's where your argument can be made. But thankfully, I don't have to make that decision. I don't get a vote in that decision. That's up to John Mara and Steve Tisch and the rest of the, the Mara and Tisch families. And, you know, again, I would not have a problem if Jerry Reese got into the Ring of Honor. I really wouldn't, based on what he did to help set the organization up for 2007. And you can make the argument that a lot of the players from, from those earlier years carried over to 2011. After that, the bottom just absolutely fell out. And, you know, to be clear, it wasn't just one man's fault. But those draft classes, folks, I think we can all agree that that did not help the situation at all. All right, folks, I promised you some other names that I think are eligible for the giant ring of honor or should be in the ring of honor, in my opinion. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, if you are looking for a healthy, delicious treat to satisfy your sweet tooth, you got to check out Bilt Bar. Available in nut and nut-free varieties, Bilt Bar has nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited-time offering. Each Bilt Bar is not only tastes good, but it's the perfect way to satisfy your sweet tooth with a high-protein, low-calorie, and low-sugar treat. Visit BiltBar.com and get 15% off your first order 
with the promo code LOCKED15. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first order. All right, Giant fans, we are going to turn the table here to talk about some other names for the Giants Ring of Honor. Now, I don't think the plan is for the Giants to induct other people this year. I think the day is pretty much going to be all about Eli Manning, as it should. But of course, that does not mean that the Giants can't contemplate adding other guys into the Ring of Honor. If not this year, then definitely next year. And I'm going to give you four homegrown guys that are not in the Ring of Honor who I feel should be. And I've got to start with defensive lineman Leonard Marshall. All right. I don't understand why Leonard Marshall is not in the Ring of Honor. Um, two Pro Bowls, two Super Bowl championships. He had something like, um, I think it's 79 and a half sacks, which put him a third in team history. And he may have, yeah, about third in team's history. Um, you know, I, I just don't understand why Leonard Marshall is not in the ring of honor. Was it because he didn't finish his career with the Giants? Was it because, uh, I don't know, he had a contract dispute one year? I don't know. But if you're looking at what the man did on the field for this team, he belongs in that ring of honor. No question about it. And the fact that he is not in it, to me, is just a crying shame. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's a wrong that I feel needs to be righted. And again, as a member of the media, I don't have a say or a vote as to who gets into the Giants Ring of Honor. Now, if John Mara came to me and asked me for my opinion, I would definitely champion Leonard Marshall for the Ring of Honor. I think he belongs in there. Very underrated player during his time with the Giants. Um, did so much for the team, you know, just, just a tremendous and underrated defensive lineman probably didn't get as much credit as he deserved, you know, and certainly not with the linebackers he had in back of him, but still a guy who made an impact. And I'm just stunned that he's not in there. Speaking of defensive linemen, how about Keith the Hammer Hamilton? All right, so Keith the Hammer Hamilton, he played for the Giants uh, 92 to 2003, entire career. Never played um, in a Pro Bowl, but you know what? If we're talking Pro Bowls, really, that's not a criteria I would say to use. Um, what I would say is his he is, let me just check my notes here. Yes, fifth most sacks in team history. He was just a brute force, an enforcer in the middle of that defensive line. I mean, when you talk about giant football and the way it was meant to be played, especially on defense, Keith the Hammer Hamilton was your man. And oh, by the way, how fun was it to watch Keith Hamilton and Rich Seibert earlier in Rich Seibert's career go at it every summer in training camp? I mean, if there was a, you just knew that if you, you know, if you were a betting person, you knew that the first fight of training camp during those, you know, early parts of Seibert's career and the latter parts of Hamilton's career you knew it was going to be between the two of them. And I don't advocate fighting, especially between teammates, but boy, they used to go at it. Oof. They were really, really something to watch. 
So Keith Hamilton is definitely a guy that I feel belongs in the Ring of Honor. Another enforcer type that I believe should be in the Ring of Honor is running back Brandon Jacobs. Fourth round pick, 2005, um, played with the Giants for two Super Bowls. Then he went to San Francisco after uh, his contract was up, came back for one year in 2013. Unfortunately, by then his knees were kind of shot and he was kind of a, a shell of his former self. But the guy was an absolute brute force. Um, five total touchdowns in eight playoff games, fourth on the team in rushing yards. Um, I think he has, I think he's a, t- yeah, according to the, to the Giants stat book here, team leader or franchise leader, I should say, in rushing touchdowns. All right. And who could ever forget his fire? My goodness. When he was on the field, remember him trucking Charles Woodson in that playoff game in Green Bay or, you know, kind of doing his thing against da- the Dallas Cowboys, a team he hated. And he made no secret of that. Just, you know, you, you talk about guys who are the heart and soul of a team. Brandon Jacobs is up there. He was the, he was an emotional uh, leader for that group. Um, he was the big brother. And, and what I liked about him, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, um, I, of course, you know, I covered him throughout his entire career, but he kind of took on the role of caretaker, if you will, of the running back group. They all looked at him as the big protective older brother, they being Derek Ward, um, Ahmad Bradshaw, Danny Ware later on when he came in. Um, Brandon was also uh, a leader, a well-respected leader in that locker room. So when you're talking about contributions that a player made throughout his career, both on and off the field, Brandon's your guy. Now, is the fact that he went to San Francisco for one year going to hurt him? I don't know the answer. I don't know if the criteria is you have to play your entire career for the Giants organization. I don't think that's the criteria. And I don't think that should be the criteria, even if it is. But Brandon Jacobs is a guy I feel should be in the ring of honor. Okay, I'll give you one more. And he's a running back as well. Rodney Hampton. Why isn't he in the ring of honor? I mean, can anybody tell me? He's... um. Second in team history in rushing, won a Super Bowl ring with the 1990 team, um, even though I don't think he played in that game. I think he contributed to that season, um, but had some injury issues. I mean, I, I don't understand why he's not in there as well. Now, just kind of backing up a little bit, the Giants first unveiled the Ring of Honor in 2010. And that year, they had... 30 players inducted, all right? Now, since 2010, let's see, they had um, a class of 2011, then they had a class of 2015, and then the last class was 2016. So, you know, to me, and I know this is all water under the bridge and, you know, the Giants can do things the way they want, but to me, it would have been made more sense just to kind of, Space it out a little bit. Eventually, yes, all the guys would have gotten in, I'm sure, that are in now. But, you know, how cool would it have been if every year, rather than try to do these big classes all at once, you did a smaller, more intimate class group 
and you put five guys in at a time, for example, I mean, you 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 probably would never run out of guys to put in the into the ring of honor. And to me, that would make for a better, you know, that would make for a nice presentation for the fans to enjoy during halftime of a, of a select game. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. But listen, if you are still in need of more news, headlines, analysis, head on over to the Locked on Today podcast, where Peter Bukowski has all your sports news and headlines that you need in under 20 minutes. Again, that's the Locked On Today podcast, part of the Locked On Network of podcasts, available wherever you get your podcasts and on the Odyssey app. We'll talk to you again on Friday, Giants fans. Until then, have a great one.